This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. Hey EMM, in an effort to tangibly improve our organization's commitment to equity, diversity, and inclusion, we created the Diversity and Inclusion Award that fourth-year medical students that identify as underrepresented in medicine and are applying to emergency medicine residencies are eligible to apply for. We are extending three $200 awards to selected individuals following a blinded review of all applications. Applications will be accepted through the end of November and winners will be announced mid-December. Check out our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.org backslash EDI dash award for all the details and to access the free application or click the link in our show notes. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the Blakemore and the Minnesota tubes. So the doc will, will have the patient intubated, will then ask for the tube, will crack open the thing. It looks like a giant red foley. We will lube the end of it and we basically like shove it down the esophagus using the, using the glide scope or laryngoscope so we can see where we're going. We know we're not putting it into the trachea, for example. And we put it all the way down to about 50 centimeters. Then what we do, he has a huge syringe, like a big 60cc, like Tumi syringe that comes in the kit. And you put about 60cc's of air in it, just like a Foley, right? And then you get a portable chest x-ray. And you look at it right at the bedside. And what you'll see is like, hopefully, is like a balloon of air sitting under the diaphragm. So we know it's down below the diaphragm. We're not listening for breath sounds. We're not like aspirating and squeezing. Do we hear a little sound, borborygmy sound? Nope. We just get a chest x-ray. If it looks like it's below the diaphragm, we're good good to go. So then we're gonna put 500 cc's of air in this balloon, like a giant Foley, and then we're gonna pull it out, just like a Foley. So we're gonna put a little gentle traction on it so it like snugs up against this GE junction right there where all those veins are sitting and you're literally just trying to tamponade those veins. Maybe the third analogy is like a, um, an epistaxis kit with a balloon in it. So now, this is a tough diagram, but you can see the liver, there's the diaphragm, there's the esophagus, and there's the gastric balloon sitting down in there. Now you can hook suction up and suck all the blood out that's distal to that balloon there in the stomach, lavage, see what you're getting out. And then you reassess their hemodynamic stability and how much you think they're bleeding. Most typically, these patients need some volume put in the esophageal balloon as well. And that works a little bit differently. It's not volume, it's pressure. So we're ordering this fancy little manometer that you can hook up to the end of one of these ports to see what the pressure is in that balloon. But we typically put, if we don't have that thing up or no one remembers how to use it or everyone is sweaty and terrified and forgetful and it's very too stressful and someone's trying to pull up a YouTube video and all these things, you can just put 50 cc's in that balloon, like not a lot of volume in it. And it puts some very gentle tamponade, because remember these are veins, so they're not like arteries that are pumping. It's kind of like a varicose vein, it's, or like a AV fistula that's bleeding. It looks terrifying, but if you put your finger on it, it stops bleeding, you know, because it's low, a low pressure system. Now the last thing, which is kind of maybe one of the fun things, is how you actually secure it. Anyone know how you traditionally secure these? With a New England Patriots helmet. So the, um, that's a joke. 
so it, your local ICU will have its local football team's helmet in, in it. And, and typically, we used to have a Broncos helmet down here years and years ago. But in fact, you don't really need a, a helmet. So really what you do is the patient is, is lying there, they're intubated, they're out, and this tube is coming out of their mouth. It's got the ports on the end of it. So the nice thing is you want about two pounds of pressure on that in terms of how much traction you want, which is a liter of normal saline, right? So 2.2 you know, pounds in a kilo, which is 1,000 cc's of water. So what you do is you take your IV pole, you hang a liter of saline on the end of it, you take a curlex and you just tie a little slip knot on the end of the, with a long roll of curlex onto the end of this thing. You loop it up over the IV pole, tie it to the IV bag and let it hang. Kind of like we're doing the finger traps with those big weights, but it's only a liter of saline for your weight. And that's just a little pressure to hold that thing in place. Now you can get even fancier. You know the little slide tracks that the, the RT team uses to hold the ET tube in place? That little track, you can just put a second one in there, and once you've got it pulled out, like you've got two pounds of pressure on that thing hanging, and you mark it with a pen, like where it's at the mouth, you can then just put the slide track and click it to the slide track, because you know how much tension that was under, because of the little mark you put on the thing. And then you could take all that away, and it's just sitting on the slide track, just next to your ET tube. So fancy, fancy, fancy. This is a temporizing measure. It's usually these patients need to go to interventional radiology at this point to get a TIPS procedure. Because usually at this point, if the, the GI lab folks go in there to try to scope, all they're gonna see is just like pooling blood and it's a to total hot mess. So usually this is like temporizing to go to IR for TIPS. And that's something that we would be coordinating with IR and GI and everything. So it's, it's going to be an infrequent procedure. I think I've done three of them, and I've been here for 20 years almost. So they're not common, but when they happen, they're terrifying. And we had one about a month ago. Uh, I don't know if anyone in the room is involved in that, but everyone did a really nice job with it, I think. It's, I think it was stressful, probably fair to say. Yeah, he cracked him. But he, and it had he to crack the guy. I mean, it was a sick, sick patient. But I hope that's useful, and I hope you understand that a little bit better. It's really just a giant Foley crossed with a, like, epistaxis balloon crossed with an NG tube. So, thank you guys. Is it also called a Blakemore? Yes, great question. So the question was, is it also called a Blakemore? The answer is, the answer is yes. So the Blakemore tube, the difference is that if you look at that first, this diagram, the Minnesota tube has suction ports here and here that allow you to suction from above the gastric balloon. So you can sort of selectively suction. So you can blow this one up, suction, lavage, suction, lavage, suction, distally in the stomach. Then if there's no more blood coming out, you can then suction up here. And if there's blood coming out of there, that helps you know to put up this balloon. Okay. Does that make sense? So it helps you localize the bleeding a little bit more accurately, but fundamentally they're the same thing. Yeah, the insertion techniques are the same and everything. Great. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.